everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Hey Alexa. Today I have Lane Kawaoka, who is an ex-engineer turned real estate investor. Today we're going to talk about his journey and how he went from engineering all the way to real estate investing. Hi, Lane. How are you? Yeah, thanks for having me. Hello, everybody. Thank you so much for coming on. Um, I thought it was so cool, like what you're doing and real estate is so important. I mean, it can really help us um, in a lot of ways. So tell us, start with your story, I guess, how you went about it. Yeah. So I kind of started on this linear path. Uh, you know, my parents taught me to be frugal with my money, go to school, study hard. Um, it was always pretty decent, like math and science. So what do you do? Become an engineer, right? <laughs> Boring engineer. Um, started to graduate college and I started to work as a construction supervisor and made a pretty good salary, but, you know, it just wasn't really fulfilling and it was you know, long hours. And I guess that's how it is in most professional occupations, right? They kind of, yeah. they don't make it easy and kind of the new guy on the block. Um, but all that time, you know, I call this the linear path, right? You follow this linear path, you go to school, you study hard, you get a job, you save your money to buy a house to live in, you invest in the 401k type of stuff. And, you know, still following that linear path, I bought a house to live in, but I kind of diverged off that path once I started to, um, because I was traveling all over for work and I realized that it was kind of silly for a you know, young 20 something year old kid to have this big house that I was only home on Saturday to enjoy. Oh, yeah. I started to rent it out and I, then I got that taste of cash flow. I was like, whoa, I can just, you know, if I just did this a few more times, I mean, it wasn't that hard to save Forty, fifty thousand dollars for a rental property. Just rinse, wash, repeat, and do it again. So that's where I got a little bit more educated. Started to get more sophisticated, and then just time went by. You know, I was, I was saving my money um, from my day job, and you know, that was in two thousand nineteen when I bought that first rental property. A couple of years, I bought another uh, duplex, and then it, you know, just this kind of went on and on until yeah. two thousand fifteen, until I bought eleven of them. And then, you know, at that point, I was like, whoa. I could probably leave my day job at some foreseeable future at that point. And when did you officially leave? Um, so the, at that point, I started to invest in syndications and private placements, as a lot of credit investors do when your network gets up to that point. And at that point, I think that was around 2018 is when I kind of fully pulled the plug on the day job. For me, I mean, maybe I, I probably should have worked a couple more years. Um, if I just wanted to do nothing, but I kind of got off early and um, left the day job and kind of started my um, apartment syndication business where we kind of bring in other investors, we educate them on the process. And, you know, like that, that was kind of, I kind of created a self business for myself. Well, this is a, a small business, you know, like, um, but yeah, that, that was kind of when I got on that corporate path. You know, I think maybe for your audience members, kind of thinking about a side gig, turning that into a full time. Um, thing I mean it, you know, for a lot of working professionals who go to school your identity kind of gets caught up in you know like I was an engineer that's this is what yeah. I spent not only 10 years but like really 20 years to kind of educate yourself and right you start for to sure. get tied up in that identity but yeah 2018 finally quit and then um, thus far you know we've kind of done over 50 deals a billion in assets under current ownership right now and then 7700 rental properties under ownership now 
that's incredible. I mean, that's so awesome. And like, so you just, you, and you kind of just fell into it. By- well, I mean, this stuff grows, like it's a snowball effect. Um, and I think, you know, like today we'll kind of be talking about like, well, what's the practical way to get started, right? Cause that's the hardest part, getting that snowball going. Um, it starts with that first rental property and you know, that's the hardest one to get quite frankly, because you don't know what you're doing. You don't know where to buy. You don't know how to run the numbers and, you know, just kind of going about it in a way where you just don't know which way is up, um, but it really isn't mm-hmm. that hard. And, um, you know, just at some point you're just kind of limited to how much money you can invest. You know, real estate investing right. requires you to have money. You know, there are, there are other types of real estate investing out there, like the house flipping shows and wholesalers. Like flipping and yeah. Yeah. Like that's all the stuff you do when you don't have money. But for a lot of my clients, like, you know, high paid professionals or successful entrepreneurs, they have money. They just want to find a place to unlock these tax benefits, get better returns and invest passively and have their money work harder for them after a certain inflection point. So then take us, can you take us like step-by-step on how to, to be able to do this? Yeah. So the first thing is numbers, right? Like you want to buy a property that cash flows. Like I think, I think this is where most investors go about this the wrong way. They think buy low so high or invest in appreciating markets and that so-called location, location, location thing, which is kind of true. But the you know, first thing is this property going to cash flow on a monthly basis because the new rule number one of investing is Warren Buffett says not to lose money. And how do you ensure that? Well, you go into an asset that produces positive cash flow every month. So one, one quick and dirty way that you know people at home can kind of wrap their heads around is we look for this metric called the rent-to-value ratio. And you can find the rent-to-value ratio by taking the monthly rent divided by the purchase price. And you know, people rent at home or think back to the last place they rented. You can probably go to Google or Google and Zillow mm-hmm. and see what the price is. So what we're trying to look for something to buy is something where that is you take the monthly rental price divided by the purchase price is 1% or greater. So for example, in a lot of the, the types of you know, places that new investors will try and target is something that rents for $1,000 a month that, rent, that you can buy for a hundred grand. So a thousand divided by a hundred thousand dollars. And, I mean, I don't know where your guys' audience is, but, you know, like you can take, take places in New York, Hawaii, Seattle, California. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to work, right? You'll be lucky to buy a, find a place in the ghetto for 500 grand <laughs> that rents for 2,500. 2,500 by, by $500,000 is half a percent. Not going to work. No way. Yeah. So this is, if people are kind of following us, this is going to require you to invest in places that are more lesser known places like Birmingham, Atlanta, Indianapolis, Kansas City, Houston, um, Jacksonville, yeah. Florida, places like that. Less sexy places, but these are the places that provide positive cash flow. So in case there's a recession, mm-hmm. they just hold on to the asset, which is the complete opposite of all the people who got killed in 2008. They were just gambling on appreciation. Right. So what is your day-to-day like? I mean, you do this full time. So, and you, you teach, right? Classes. Yeah. So, I mean, my day to day is, you know, I have, you know, a lot of staff kind of helping me do the behind the scenes stuff. Um, So kind of my role is, you know, I follow EOS, Entrepreneur Operating System Traction. 
So my role is more of a visionary and then really business development. So I'm out there kind of smoozing other people doing deals, um, trying to find and do my due diligence on assets and more importantly, people, and then hiring employees who kind of take care of the day-to-day operations in the assets and within our, our marketing and podcasts and YouTube channel and, and the website. But you know, it wasn't too long ago that I was kind of doing it all myself. <laughs> but, right. Know, at some point, time is more valuable than money. Yeah. And then eventually, the more time you have and the people helping you, you end up getting more money. I'm kind of trying to learn it, that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if not, you don't have a business, right? A business right. is like a system where you can put inputs and outcomes money. Um, if that doesn't happen or you can't find traction, you don't have a business. You know, yeah. you have something that that's the key. You got to get traction. And I think not a lot of businesses get traction. Maybe at some point it makes a better sense to pivot or find a day job. You know, I mean, that's, that's how I got started, right? That allowed me to make positive money to invest. Um, and that would have been a good life to invest passively at that point. I didn't need to make a real estate syndication business. Where do you see yourself going in the next year, five years? Where would you like to see this? Um, just keep doing what we're doing. I mean, the, the stuff that I like about this stuff, like real estate isn't going away. There's a lot of you know, businesses. And, you know, I'm in a lot of entrepreneur mastermind groups where their businesses are closing in on them, um, either mm-hmm. through a technology. I mean, this is why I'm a huge fan of technology because it changes so quickly. Yeah. Really build a multi-generational business around it things change so quickly and then you know another case that i was kind of thinking about the other day um where i saw a lot of people there their industry is kind of taken over by institutional players you know like um take take somebody like amazon's kind of killing a lot of the storefronts for example or these larger you know used to be back in the day um, you know, people would invest in little mainframe computers, right, for the mm-hmm. computing power. But now the little small guy can't do that anymore. It's all been done by Amazon servers. And, you know, like that, it, it's hard to find a business like that. And that's why I kind of like real estate because, you know, ain't nobody really going to be taking over the space. I mean, there's Blackstone, a big conglomerate that kind of does yeah. this, but there's still a drop in the bucket. And I think real estate is still one of those last, um, frontiers and it probably will be the last frontier where the small you know little guy the average joe can't get involved with Mm -hmm. yeah i mean it's true it's like it's always there it's gonna be there i mean we all have to live somewhere (laughs) exactly exactly and people have to run and people have to do so i mean really it is going to be there for quite a while if not forever and, and like you know at some point you know george bush I don't know if that was a decade ago or maybe a couple of decades ago. Like, you know, you said everybody should own a house to live in. We all saw how that backfired when they opened <laughs> up the lending standards in 2005 to 2008. Um, I mean, this is a nation of renters. I mean, people, the, hot, the rich are getting richer and the, poor, the poor. poor, poor, getting poor, and the middle class are shrinking and becoming part of the poor class. Yeah. So, unfortunately. Yeah, it, it is what it is. I mean, I don't follow politics at all. I just look at where the puck is going and I, I, I put my money where my mouth is and that's kind of the way I invest off these big, these big movements, these macroeconomics. Yeah. 
what has been your favorite part of this job or and the hardest um favorite part i i mean we do some developments today and that was kind of the role i did as uh in my corporate job um it's just nice to not have to go through all like the, the bs in terms of like procurement like I've worked for private companies and governments, city and federal and state. And it's just so much BS you have to go through, like, you know, to find a consultant, contractors, you have to go through like competitive business process. Yeah. It's just dumb, right? Like, <laughs> I mean, I get work. it. Yeah, I get it, right? Because some idiot prior to us, you know, stole money or like, polluted with the contractor you know steal money or get kickbacks yeah. or whatever so i get it you need to have these processes in place but man do they just slow down progress oh it, yeah it it's like sometimes like you have this i mean oftentimes you have these situations when the best person for the job isn't really showing it up on paper and you can't select them it's stupid Mm-hmm. Whereas the freedom that we have as smaller, you know, operators, right? Like I look around and, all right, who do you want, Lane? All right, well, I want them. Hey, let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's go mob in next week, right? Like it's so much quicker. There's less red tape. Um, it's just a more freeing experience that I can kind of focus on what I was. We all want to see progress, right? And mm-hmm. it's, if, if anything, like, I mean, essentially, other, you know. A lot of employee land and corporate world is just pushing paper. Yeah. And it you don't get to do sense. like the fun stuff like you do now. Like the Yeah. You're just doing enjoy. things because, if you, you know, the saying was we wouldn't be doing this unless there were, there were lawyers you know, because there's lawyers. And it's a, it's a very frustrating existence. You know, you spend all that time getting all this education and you got to kind of go around with the training wheels on. Right. Yeah. Um, so how did COVID, did COVID change anything for you? Cause you were doing this during, before COVID. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, at that time we had like about 5,000 units out of the properties. Um, we f- kind of focus in on the, the lower middle-class uh, renters. So like rent set or $700 to $1,200 a month rent, um, which may not sound like a lot, but you know, that's how the majority of America lives in those kinds of B and C housing. Um, like, I mean, I guess going to, I mean, I didn't, I've never been through a pandemic before. I didn't know how things were going to happen. Of but, course. You know, norm, <laughs> normally we run at like, you know, 90% collections. Um, well, probably a little bit better, like 95, but then mm-hmm. during COVID it kind of dipped down a little bit to like the low nineties. Um, so a few, few points, percent points less of collections, which, it isn't that bad. I mean, a lot of times we still break even at much, you know, 10, 20% less or even 30% mm-hmm. less occupancy collections than that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it just vindicated like the whole business plan, right? Like don't invest or just buy low so high and, and pray and hope that the price goes up. Mm-hmm. You invest off cash flow and in things, commodities that people need, such as real estate, which is stable living value, um, housing. I mean, it, in tough times, it, it does well. Like, I think a lot of people, they look at like short-term rentals as kind of a new thing with Airbnb, VRBO, but that's something, something I really want to be getting into too much with what my portfolio because it's such a discretionary kind of spending. Yeah. 
it's not all the time either. Yeah, I mean, when times are good, it's really good. But when it's not, it just dries up. And there are very little things that you can be recession-proof. And to me, I think uh, one thing that happened, I mean, you saw the, 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 the environment that we live in today is the government rushes in like a bunch of helicopter pilots and infuses capital, even though we don't have it. They, they have the ability to create money. They, mm-hmm. they, we control the world's monetary policy. And where did the assistance go? Well, it went to pe- the, the regular people to kind of not allow the real estate market to collapse. Right. And so there were a lot of government assistance programs. Like we, we had, there was a lot of opportunities for renters to file for assistance. Oftentimes our property managers were kind of right at the table helping them apply on their behalf. Um, and I think that's, that was a nice thing to see when things got a little rough, where did the help go? It didn't go out to, you know, restaurant owners or you know, those right. kinds of people. It's like, it went out to kind of the landlords, you know, the real estate people. Yeah. So it's crazy in this world. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is crazy, but it is what it is, right? Yeah. Like, and we just have to learn and we pivot and we figure it out. Yeah, yeah. Learn where the puck is going and and escape to it, like Gretzky said. I like that. Um, before I let you go, and thank you so much for coming on and sharing your knowledge. I think it's important because you never know who could want to do this or has the capability. Um, I'd like to play a game with my guest. It's just a five question um, rapid fire about you. So the first one is drink of choice. Um, depends on the day. I mean, I mean, I like soda water. I drink that stuff like water, <laughs> um, but depends what I'm eating. You know, I like like sushi, sake. It's, we got we got Cinco de Mayo coming up. You know, true. Got to match. You know. Yeah, I got to match the feeling and the day. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you have a favorite movie or TV show or or both. Um, I don't really watch. TV shows, I think they're kind of a time suck. I like movies because they end. <laughs> um, there's a kind of a finite portion to it. And you yeah. typically don't watch movies playing on your phone. So they're pretty immersive. I like the Marvel stuff. I mean, I think I like they're, they're pretty well put together. Yeah. They seem to think about things to be able to make movies together. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Um, advice to your younger self. Um, just keep doing what you're doing. Study hard, get a good job, work at that job, save the money, put it into real estate. Um, but on the way, don't don't do what everybody else does, such as buy a house to live in, pay it down, debt adverse. The wealthy are doing things very differently, but it's nothing that the average show can't do. Invest mm-hmm. in good deals. Um, invest in real estate where you get the tax advantages and then maybe do a little infinite banking with some life insurance. And that's the simple formula that the wealthy do. They're not really doing these retirement accounts, these 401k stuff. That's all created things by all these financial institutions, take all these hidden fees away from the the hardworking American. Five words to describe yourself. Um, I guess analytical, calculated, 
a disruptor, entrepreneur, and independent. I like those. And the last one is, what does success mean to you? Success is partly why we go after this passive income goal. Like we can get enough money where the money grows and pays for more from our expenses. We hit this, what I call escape velocity or zero gravity. We never really have to come to earth and money just kind of grows and grows and grows and grows and can spend it however we want. But what does that do? That creates freedom. And that's what I see financial freedom is the freedom to do what you want, where you want, with whom you want, never really have to answer to really anybody. And then the tough part comes around with, well, what the heck do you do after that? Right? But good problem to have. Very true. Well, thank you so much for coming on. And where can we find you, your business, um, whatever? Yeah, they can check out my website, simplepassivecashflow.com. We have a podcast, um, Passive Real Estate Investing, uh, Simple Passive Cashflow. Uh, people are interested in being more of a passive investor, right? Like, you know, investing in real estate with all, without all that nonsense of tenants, termites, and toilets. Um, but you got to have some money, right? I mean, this isn't for broke yeah. right? Like if, and this is what I tell people a lot. Like if you're in credit card debt, can't seem to keep a budget. You got to focus on that stuff first. Um, yeah. I do have a financial e-course for free for people kind of in that basic world. Um, they can text the word basic to 314-665-1767. I mean, it's good for kids, right? Young, yeah. Young but, um, you know, to passively invest, you know, you got to be pretty decent with your money. Right? You don't need to be a millionaire, but, you know, it's kind of starts somewhere. Right. For sure. Well, thank you so much. And that will all be in the description below. And I will see you guys next time. Bye. Okay.